0: It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers Business Editor, John Celentano. Hello everyone, I'm glad you could join us. This Tower Talks episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is, is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. The 2023 Volume 4 issue is out now. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com slash intelligence. Interesting discussion today. Uh, we have much respect for the men and women who work at high above ground level on towers and other structures Installing network infrastructure that provides all of us the best communications services in the world. Tower climbing is inherently hazardous and dangerous. More than that, tower technicians must be knowledgeable and skilled at both constructing towers and installing and testing RF, fiber optic, and related power systems. The tower industry has always been concerned that more training and certification are needed to ensure tower technicians can work safely at heights while building high-quality networks. In its vision statement, the Telecommunications Industry Foundation says that it seeks to understand issues arising from the rapid advancement and deployment of the telecommunications infrastructure. Here to talk about these issues and how the foundation is addressing them is Michelle Kang, TIF Chair, and Scott Kisling, a TIF founding member and government liaison for the organization. Michelle, Scott, welcome to Tower Talks. Thank you, John. Glad to be here, John. Michelle, give us the uh, the big picture on the uh, on the foundation's vision and, and mission in the telecom industry.
1: Sure. So TIF is a nonprofit, five hundred one c three organization made up of volunteers. It was created to support TIA and facilitate dialogue between industry, consumers, government, advocacy groups, and other key stakeholders around important issues that we face. Our mission is to uplift the telecommunications industry by providing timely support and education to the public, lawmakers, and industry stakeholders through the promotion of quality, safety, efficiency, and workforce development. And I think it's important to point out, John, that we're not trying to take the place of other established industry organizations, but rather we aim to Provide support to them and engage with them on matters where we can help them solve problems through communication and education.
0: So, so just elaborate on that a little further. How how do you work with other organizations to uh, to achieve those ends?
1: Great question. We continuously work with a lot of key organizations. Um, some, you know, to name a few: Nate, uh, WIA. Mm-hmm. FCC right. OSHA, and we work with others as well to engage with as many sectors of the telecommunications industry as possible and listen to the various challenges their members have. So the key is listening. We're always trying to listen. We want to understand the problems from all angles and really help people see those broader mm-hmm. solutions.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 So, Scott, are there, are there particular areas of focus that uh, TIF gets involved in that to to complement uh, um, these other organizations and 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 address some of these issues,
2: yeah, John, I, I think it's a great thing, and thanks again for letting us be here. What you and your teams done to help educate and share things is greatly appreciated by everyone in the room and the industry. Uh, the daily updates are incredible. Yeah, I mean it, it ranges from zoning. You know, our infrastructure is is world class. The United States is doing all it can to stay ahead and serve our communities. And part of that is, how do we help the zoning boards? How do we help the planning boards? How do we help the people Mm -hmm. understand our towers? Our infrastructure is reliable. Our design standards are good. The the standards that we have are recognized and used and and Mm -hmm. taken by all across the globe to be used. So wherever we can integrate with TIA, with, with TIF working to support WIA, with CTIA or the rural carriers, however we can help them be able to facilitate the deployment, the maintenance the continued enhancement of that infrastructure is critically important. Mm-hmm. Another area you bring up is, you know, working with OSHA, it was really humbling because they care. And a lot of people misunderstand OSHA's intent is really to help. And when you help them understand something, it's it's important to them. One big one we did was traffic controls working with them. Another area is the women and men that do the work. You referenced it in the opening. You know, our industry is a big industry. There's a mm-hmm. lot of differences to it but it's very small too. And the women and men doing the work, the boots on the ground that are climbing the tower, but also that cell tech that's going out there to work on the tower. Also that network operations manager that's responsible yeah. for 30, hundred sites, 200 sites. Yeah. That's where tip is at. We're, we're hearing from them where the pressures are. A big one is roles and responsibilities. Everyone has a role. Each role has a given responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And respect those so that we can communicate across all of those because every site touches real estate, touches planning, right. touches engineering, touches construction, and then operations and maintenance. So we really do interface with all different sides, sir.
0: You, you made a good point in an earlier conversation we had the fact I, I think I made mention that these crews are under time pressures and uh, working all kinds of schedules and you and you you set me straight straight on that say look if, if they're communicating properly and understand what's needed, um, things will go a lot smoother.
2: I, I think it's so incredibly important that people like you do what you do. Uh, you know, all kidding aside, John, asking that question. Saves lives,
0: mm-hmm. right there.
2: Because there is, I, I, I have been blessed to work with the highest levels in, in in many organizations across our industry, and I've also been blessed to be on the ground with boots putting in a foundation on a tower that I was going to direct. Yep. What I find is we forget the ability to communicate is important. Safety should never be used as a fear tactic. We should never use quality as a fear tactic. What we should do is recognize when something is impacting the quality or the safety of the site, because you can't hit one without the other. You have to have quality and safety together. We have to understand whose role it is that's, that's the decision maker there, and then how do we effectively communicate with them based upon the issue we're seeing. When you do that, you're in control of your schedule. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at your MSAs, with all the big carriers, with all the big tower codes. The MSAs empower you. Actually, they encumber you to make sure that you're required to have a safe working environment on that site. Mm-hmm. What's gets missed is how to communicate what the issue is. I, I really thank you for taking the time to even debate on
0: that. You helped me think about it in a different way, too, John. I appreciate the feedback. But, uh, you know, we we look to individuals like yourselves and the, and, and the organization to you know that has brought together a lot of skills and experience and knowledge to um, to really guide how how things could be improved and how things should operate in the field. But um, so, you, you know the one outcome uh, I, I'm aware of that the the, the organization your organization has and others produce are you know documents or guidelines or you know um, it's hard, hard, hard information that the uh, can be looked up, right? So, uh, what what sort of documents are are, are you producing these days? And... I'll take
2: a couple, and then have Michelle enunciate a couple other ones. I mean, one I would really challenge people to do is look at the roles and responsibilities pans, the planning advisory notices that are out there, because that helps everyone communicate across those boundaries. And when you get the communication. All of a sudden these artificial time pressures these artificial things we impose on ourselves get mitigated because mm-hmm. we learn how to work together another mm-hmm. one i would lift up as critically important is looking at the climbing facilities but finally mm-hmm. today something going on with with someone misunderstanding a structure collapse or having questions about it not misunderstanding questions there's a white paper out there on tower reliability mm-hmm. our infrastructure is amazing and if you really look into our infrastructure And what the great men and women that have done the standards have created our standard is so well recognized across the globe it's copied by others frankly
0: Hmm.
2: and that tower reliability white paper i challenge people to look at because we've got some rock solid infrastructure michelle
1: yeah just to expand upon that more john um, through our website tiffonline.org we do provide a large amount of content in various various different mediums to really resonate with the target audience that we're trying to reach. So we have mm-hmm. white papers, we have planning advisory notices, videos, right. and even summaries of testing results from tests that we have completed uh, mm. through TIFF, through our testing committee. And we also publish a podcast called Telecommunications Industry Therapy. It's on our website. It's also on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify, where we host various guest speakers to talk about issues arising from the rapid advancement and deployment of telecommunications Mm -hmm. infrastructure. So the key that, you know, it's kind of a um, trend throughout this discussion we're having here, the key is we really want to look at the problems holistically to benefit all of the stakeholders. So these stakeholders, if we could just define them, you know, it might be contractors, engineers, Mm -hmm. owners, regulators, manufacturers, and even end users. And a lot of our content focuses on, again, roles and responsibilities of these stakeholders. So Mm -hmm. we have pans like Scott referenced specifically on roles and responsibilities, but for all of our content, we weave these concepts throughout. Um, The climbing facilities is a great example of that. It outlines the role of each, the end user, manufacturer, engineer, and contractor to define their role and responsibility to communicate with each other and help each other ensure a quality climbing facility installation or repair so that's just kind of some of the um the content that we're providing
0: so what kind of reception has this content received i mean is it uh, uh it sounds pretty uh, thorough and and really uh, uh would 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 provide a, a wealth of information for people working in the field is is it getting looked at and being used uh, the way you'd like it to be?
2: Uh, humble. Uh, yes is the best word, John. We get feedback. Uh, Nate has been uh, gracious enough to publish almost okay. all of the planning advisory notices. Okay. WIA has worked with us and we've co-branded documents together. So there are mm-hmm. times where TIF will take a backseat mm-hmm. because we needed to. And one of those is risk classification. You know, you've got structures and depending on what the structure's intended use is, depending on the need based in that, you've got to look at the risk classification. And so WIA and TIF co-branded a white paper on that so that we could help jurisdictions, help engineering firms, help others understand how to apply the correct risk classification in accord with the standards and the code. Michelle?
1: Yeah, exactly. And just to uplift what Scott was saying, I mean, we are very honored to have the relationships that we do with both WA Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Nate. Um, Like Scott said, Nate's published a lot of our planning advisory notice notices for many years now. And um, we were able to do, Uh, Both a panel at Nate Unite and they hosted us on a webinar in November this past year. So um, we definitely look forward to continuing to work with them. Um, As far as them being a conduit for helping us get this information out, you asked how, you know, what the reception has been. Um, The reception has been really great from the audiences Mm -hmm. that we're able to get in front of. They've really, you know, seen how to use our content, it, it puts things, I think, in a different perspective than what a lot of people are used to seeing because we are addressing things from that holistic piece. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We did, for example, we did a, a panel session at NATE last year, 2023. It was called Quality Safety Efficiency Through Communication. And we had on our panel Mitch Bennett from CMS Wireless, and, and the point of the panel was really how you know a lot of you know issues in the field potentially arise from an installation fault, and how you know if you're addressing the quality and helping support each other um, by giving the contractors the necessary design and resources mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to um, do their job more efficiently and of better quality. Overall, you are, um, you know, helping not only helping them and the owner, but you're helping um, the potential profitability of those stakeholders involved as well yep. by yep. reducing remobilizations to the site. So, yep. our content and in working through this with Mitch and his company, CMS Wireless, I know he had mentioned on the panel had significantly benefited them. Um, and so that's just what we're trying to do. We're trying to help, you know, one company at a time, one individual at a time um, by helping provide this, this education. That's awesome. yeah, one other thing on that,
2: John, real quick is working with them as one. We had a meeting with federal OSHA this year. We did a learning session for them, taking them through our industry, mm-hmm. what the part of the standards and how we learn through that. So whether we're working with the FCC, whether we're working with OSHA doing an education for them, we end up learning from them as well. And that's where I think some of the the real magic happens is it's that feedback loop we've created for anybody that's utilizing TIFF resources to say, wait, I disagree, or I want to understand more, or have you thought about this? So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. where I see it really working, sir.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, what what do you see coming down the pike? I mean, uh, obviously, you know, it's a big industry, lots going on. But um, are there issues that still are prominent enough that they, they, they need more attention? Um, what, what do you see coming down the pike on that, in that regard? Yeah,
2: the industry is changing fundamentally. It's a seismic shift I see happening now with the way we're using equipment and everything else. If you think about our infrastructure, a lot of our design standards were for new, Right. Now we're 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 still building new structures, but we've got to figure out how to maintain and maximize the existing Good infrastructure. Yeah. And yeah, that's where I, I think you're really seeing a lot of the industry look at how do we how do we use that infrastructure effectively? The other thing I think that's gonna really drive a lot of our industry is the concept of intended use. And intended use, you have to think about. The structures that are out there. We will will be putting telecommunications equipment everywhere. And by the way, it's safe to do that when it's FCC regulated. Mm -hmm. But what you have to do is think about the different places we're going to put it. We've got a wonderful standard in ANSI TIA 222. We've got 322 over there that helps and 1048 for our contractors to think through. But we also have to think about the underlying structures we're touching. What is their intended use? So you've got a water tank, John, it's a great thing. Let's go ahead and throw some antennas on. Mm. (laughs) we've got to look at those antennas through 222, but we've also got to pay attention to the intended use of the tank, because last time I checked, we all want to clean drinking water. we, that's that's a concept that we're advancing and working with through TIFF in support of, you know, you've got Brian Lanier, Chris Ply, Dave Hawkins leading the TR-14 group. you got James Rutlinger over on 322. You've got Nate. You've got W-A. you got W. have to get this intended use concept through, though, because the consulting engineers need to understand how to think about our telecommunications equipment mm-hmm. and how we look at that through our standards. But then what is the intended use of that underlying structure? How do we preserve that? Because that intended use cannot be violated. And there are times us putting our equipment on it will change the fundamental intended sure. use of that. But you may sure. have to raise the risk classification of that structure because mm-hmm. you put equipment on it based on the intended use. So there's a, a big nuance there with the way we're going to continue to push the limits and, and the, the feed the need of people for the telecommunication services.
0: You know, that's a really good point. Uh, and Michelle, maybe you could add to it as well. But we, you know, with the need to densify our networks, we're looking to put antennas in all kinds of places, right? Ultimately, moving it closer to the users to you know, make sure we get that high speed connection, that low latency connection. But to your point, you know, we may be looking to put antennas on structures that were never intended to support antennas. There's another point
2: there, John. Go out to tip on the website. The FCC updated how it relayed the maximum permissible exposure and training stuff, mm-hmm. and TIF worked with the FCC to uplift what the FCC did not changes. So when you're thinking about that stuff, TIF might have a resource
1: to help <laughs> you find it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and John, just to add on that point that Scott was making about, um, you know, the rapid and changing advancement that our industry is seeing right now something else that we always try to do with our content and it's big focus for us in general is you know as all of these new people come in which is great you know people are trying to move things forward quickly in the best way we want to make sure that we keep bringing the focus back to the standards that are already in place so that people aren't reinventing the wheel Um, when there is already, you know, a standard out there that addresses what they're trying to uh, accomplish. So that's kind of weaved throughout our um, standard, or I'm sorry, throughout our content as well. And something that Scott mentioned as far as, you know, bringing it back to the existing structures, um, another planning advisory notice that would be great for all of the listeners to reference is the maintenance and condition programs. Mm -hmm. A PAN that Scott was actually one of the authors of. Um, This is meant to be a a great benefit to owners and help provide them guidelines for creating their own maintenance and condition assessment program. So, Scott, I don't know if you want to say anything on that one.
2: I I think it goes to what John and I were talking about with you earlier in another call is the industry is changing. We have to maximize and respect that infrastructure underlying. Yeah, very good.
0: Well, this this is great. Uh, I I think uh, important issues that you're you're addressing and uh, providing information to to uh, all all interested and all committed parties uh, in in building and operating this infrastructure. Um, How can how can our listeners find out more about um, uh, your initiatives and uh, and activities?
1: Yeah you can go to our website tiffonline.org to see all of our published content. We also have on there a pipeline of content topics that we're working Mm -hmm. on or have been proposed. And you can also click on the feedback link to reach out to us for any specific questions or concerns. Or if you just want to get involved, um, we would love to hear from you.
0: So so we're going to see you at a couple of conferences uh, soon, I, I think, aren't we?
1: Yes, absolutely. So we will be at at Nate Unite, of course. Um, you know, we have a, a partnership with them, and we'll be on the exhibit hall floor. Um, we have a booth, so please stop by, talk with us. Um, again, if you have any questions, if you have any, you know, concerns, just in general challenges, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we may be able, even able to help you um, get some content that we've already produced that might help. And we're also going to be um, at the ConnectX Conference as well, um, doing a panel on infrastructure quality, safety, efficiency, leading to cost transformation through proper application of the codes and standards. So um, again, really appreciate um, what Nate and WI have, have done for us and trying to get us in front of their membership to see where we can help and support.
0: That's awesome. And Inside Towers will be there in full force as well. So we We'll plan to spend a few minutes together while we're, we're at the show. So, Well, I got to
2: pick on you for that one, John, because that's what I was <laughs> going to say you and Megan. I just, I got to thank you guys, because you you put on a volunteer hat a little bit and gave us some advice and insight as well. And I just, you know, sometimes it gets taken for granted what comes in the mailbox from you guys every day. Mm. But what was cool was how your team said, oh, you guys are trying to do stuff with volunteers. Well, let us give you some suggestions. So, thanks to your team for that. I appreciate the help. All right,
0: happy to help out. So, well, thank you both for for the in, an interesting discussion and, and your time today. And um, like I said, we'll look forward to seeing you at upcoming conferences. And I want to thank our listening audience as well. Uh, stay tuned for an upcoming Tower Talks episode.